Yeah, that came in a little low, but that doesn't mean that Gersh Gunsman and Vince DiMaselli are going to be at low volume because it's Brooklyn Paper Radio live and on tape from downtown Brooklyn. That's America's downtown. And of course, I'm talking about the Brooklyn Paper Building right here in the Metro Tech Center. A lot of people don't call it the Brooklyn Paper Building. I do. I, I, don't, I don't know why they wouldn't. I am joined, of course, by our producer, Johnny, who we, you will not hear from very much. That's right. And, of, and of course, a handsome man on my right, Vince DiMaselli, the editor of the Brooklyn Papers. Of course, I'm Gersh Kunzman of the New York Daily News, marginalized as I have been at the Daily News, but nonetheless, still fighting the good fight. Yesterday, Johnny, I don't know if you know, read my story. I was at the auto show, wow. which I called anti-environmental propaganda. Really? You're against cars? Yeah, I'm against cars, and I'm, and I'm against the, the auto show. American dream machine. <laughs> well, it's fun, 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 because no one is taking our T-Birds away, and somebody has to. Somebody has to. Anyway, I brought my son. I don't know. Uh, Gersh, I don't know about that. All right. I'm just going to throw that out there. You know well, why? Why? I was out there on the ocean, Gersh. Well, we're going to talk about that. I was out there. All right. Well, we'll talk about it, and, and remind me. When we're talking about it, say, oh, cars. Yeah. My point, Vince, is that we need an environmental commitment to transportation. And the reason I say that, my father took me to the auto show when I was my son's age. And his father took, well, his father didn't really take him before because they were shtetl Jews and they cared more about blintzes than Buicks. But my point is, the auto show is fetishistic if you're one of these car enthusiasts. And that's fine. But what about a little what do you, nod? When you say fetishistic, what do you mean well, exactly? Well, the big tires, the dual twin-tuned exhaust. The 442. The you know what 442 is? 442, the whole bit. Now, I don't mind that, but I do wish there was some nod, some acknowledgement that these cars burn fossil fuel, which is a limited resource, and also em emit toxic gases. So how about an environmental car? Just like a section of the auto show. So wait, are you trying to tell me if I start my car in the garage... And the gas from the car starts coming out, the, the, the exhaust. You're telling me that's bad for me? Because I don't see it. I'm telling you, you would die. I would die. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, right. All right. He's being facetious. Anyway, I brought my son, and the point of the article was I felt like a bad father on some level because he thought everything was so cool. But I, I, even as he's thinking it's cool, he knows the polar bears are dying. He knows the glaciers are melting. He knows. But not the manatees, Gersh. They are off the endangered list. Well, we're talking about manatees for one reason one reason only. Vince, yep. you're a handsome man. You're just back from vacation. You look tanned, rested, and ready to tell me where the hell you were. Well, we were on that cruise. Where was so it? We, it where? was my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Yes, and we had to go out on a cruise. Hold on a second. Why is that cause for congratulations? 50th. Doesn't mean are they happy? That's what if you say they're happy, I'd say congratulations. Well, the best part about it was, you know, at the uh, at the ceremony where they were renewing their vows. Oh, they did. Yeah, my father got up and and held back tears ah. and was telling the story of how he first met my mom at the candy store, at Marty's candy store on 13th Avenue. Don't look for it. It's not there anymore. It is not there anymore. My dad worked there and my mom walked in and you know, the sparks flew, so to speak. So, what were what what, what constituted sparks back in the 40s? It wasn't the 40s. <laughs> it, was the, it was the late 1950s. Okay. What constituted Sparks? Uh, I would think it had something to do with, a, uh, with either a milkshake mm. or some form of, uh, what do they call those? In the, in the 50s? No, not a frap. Where, where, where are you where from? Are you the from? New England? A ca uh, an egg cream? Egg creams. Egg creams. Yeah. Egg creams, without question. Yeah. It had something to do with that. So then my mother gets up, mm. and in her speech, which she worked on for hours and hours and days and days... Did not even mention my father. <laughs> what did she mention? She mentioned how much she loved her kids. Oh, great. So, Johnny, and you want to take, take back the, con the congratulations? Because it doesn't sound like they're happy. I guess, you know. Should have gotten divorced years I ago. Was, uh, but we're out there. We're out there in the sea, Gersh, and we're going to bring it back to the cars here. And let me tell you something. It is, it's clear as day out there. All right? There is in the no, ocean, you're saying? In, out of the ocean, there, is, there does not seem to be any pollution. Yeah, <laughs> it is, <laughs> really. It is extreme. Like you could see for miles at nighttime when you look up into the sky, it, the, the moon was very bright. It, I, it's never been so bright, you know. Wow. And I felt this is a quite, quite frankly, I felt the same way last year when I went upstate New York, and we were like in the middle of the woods somewhere. I mean, there wasn't an ounce of pollution out there. <laughs> who who took Vince DiMaselli away and brought in Scott Pruitt? That's what I want to know. There's no pollution. Were you in the Pacific Ocean, where Look. the Pacific plastic gyre is swimming around bigger than Delaware? No, we were in the Atlantic, oh, and Atlantic. I, I have never seen 
such blue waters, like the that aqua blue. It's just absolutely it's gorgeous. It's dye. It's dye. And, and the uh, and the dolphins jumping up, happy to see the boat swimming next to us. Because little pieces, of, little pieces of food fall off the buffet line, no question about that. They said we can throw our cigarette butts off the... Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a wise precaution. Off the, off the boat. I don't understand it's why. It's great to hear that Vince had a great and environmentally unsound uh, vacation. By the way, boats are one of the biggest emitters of fossil fuel and pollution. Oh, give me a break. We moved 6,000 people between here and Florida in just under two days. It's like a freight train. Yeah, it's with it's no purpose. Be, it's no got to be. What do you mean, no purpose? In other words, it's it's if, if you. I needed this vacation, <laughs> no Gersh. question. I well, needed. You should have done it. it in upstate New York. Anyway, we got to get out. We got to talk not about the first thing we were going to talk about, but the second. We're going to the second one. I'll tell you why. I'm Last week on the show, yeah. Vince, you were here. Who are our sponsors? Oh yeah, That's we're a good we're, we're sponsored by Atlas Steakhouse, Atlas Meat Market. Village Caremax and, of course, Dr. Joseph Lichter, DDS. I'm, gonna, I'm just checking. We're going to be hearing from Because I've later. been away for a while. I don't know if we still have sponsors. It's a radio show, Johnny. I don't know if you can put up a picture of the studio, but we've completely decimated the studio. I'm literally holding my mic in my hand, which might explain at some point if I drop the mic. If I say something particularly funny, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, it's going to be drop the mic. That's what I'm going to do. All I, right. I can see that happening. So. Last week on the show, we had an amazing show in which we talked to Tuna Balzano Johansson, who is the widow of Sonny Balzano. Remember Sonny? And is waging a one-woman campaign to save Sonny's bar. Now, she's got till the end of July to raise, at, at that point, it was $50,000. And now, well, after, after, we're going to talk to her. Yeah, after our radiothon or podcast-a-thon? After podcast -a -thon? our telethon, podcast-a-thon, and my subsequent article Following up Moses Jefferson's piece, I did an article that in the Daily News. That gets going places, by the way. Right. Jefferson, he's, he's been stuck here for a all while. Of, no, all of my guys end up at the at the at the New York Post, or, except or for the, Moses. Or the Daily News. Moses stays here. Gotham, but Moses sticks around. Mm. Anyway, Moses did a story in the in the Brooklyn paper. I did a story on the Daily News website, which got fifty thousand hits, which is a lot for me. We're going to call Tuna Balzano right now and find out just how much money we We're raised. We're calling we, Tuna. Yeah. So don't don't steal this number because I'm calling this her right a, now. This is a private number. It's in general service. That's it. There's a group on now for Atlas Meat Market. Let's check it out. See if we get this to work. What do you mean, if we get this to work? I checked this with you beforehand. I love our producer, Johnny. Let's make sure she's loud enough. Oh, there's Tuna. Tuna Balzano, Johansson. This is Gersh Kunstman from Brooklyn Paper Radio. How are you, ma'am? I'm so good, Gersh. I mean, it's 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 what people often respond when I call. That's how they respond. But <laughs> I think, I think Tuna, you're on with Vince DiMaselli, of course, and I think I know why you're happy. We raised some money for you last week. How much did we do? Do we are we, did we put you over? You know what? I've uh, I've passed uh, thirty thousand now. Ooh, past thirty thousand. But yeah, if I remember correctly, we needed to get now. we needed to get to fifty. Was that the plan? Well. um... I mean, well, in all, I've raised um, a little past uh, 30 right now. All right, so let's... But let's you get a pretty strong, uh, strong bass signal, Gersh. I think you just, like, put the bass signal out and... Uh I have to say, some of one of the things that has happened is that 
I've been getting these checks in the mail. Can you believe it? And some are like, you know, a thousand dollars, and others are ten dollars, and it's just, oh my God! This 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 morning I was writing a few thank you cards, and it's just, it's it's so touching, Gush. Mm. And uh, just so that your listeners know too, what happened is that I. I've been in this giant lawsuit to, you know, try to, uh, they basically wanted to auction off the buildings. And uh, because I had to spend just about all the profits um, for a couple of years to uh, to pay the legal fees to get through that, um, what I'm fundraising for is to get my down payment together. So... That's why. Yeah, and, and i got to tell you something, Vince. And Tuna knows this. I go to Sonny's regularly, and I don't go because you got the best booze or the coldest beer or the cheapest beer. You just got a vibe. That back room, we listen to bluegrass music. We listen to folk music with uh, Smokey Hormel, for example, on Wednesday nights. We dance with the Brooklyn Midwives every Wednesday night. I love your place. I just love the feel. And I will tell you this, Tuna. When I wrote my story in the Daily News, people were writing me and tweeting at me, uh, save Sonny's. Got to save Sonny's. And it's because of the feel, right? I mean, you don't, you don't mix the best cocktail in the borough. But the thing is, you know, there's very few places that tickle the human spirit in the right way. And I, I just think of those, like, you know, the natural mineral springs or whatever, and you can get that kind of special salsa there. Something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you tickle the human spirit in that special way. No, I think we all like to be tickled in that special way. Can we get more? Can we get back to that tickling the human spirit in that special way? Yeah. <laughs> right, well, because Vince, yeah, Vince does that. Anyway, no, we we got to get out of that. Yeah, no. But the good news is, I think we're going to save Sunnies, right? It looks like, and I don't want to get optimistic like I did before the November eighth election or before Brexit or before this French election on Sunday. When we got that kid's movie made, remember when we got that kid's yeah. movie made? <laughs> we did too. But I will match. I will match donations. Uh, Anything lower than a nickel, I will match. No, but the point is, we're going to make it, right, Tuna? We're going to make it. We're going to make it. See, it's like when you say that, it really makes me think. We're New Yorkers, we're just getting so used to being burnt, you know? We have hopes, and then they fall apart, and these places close left and right. Yep. You know, this is not that story. I'm not going to let it happen. I really, yeah. I really won't. Well, we've lost a lot of institutions in New York. We have a feature in the Brooklyn paper called Go There Now While You yeah. Still Can because it's not going to be yeah. there for long, you know? Lots of yeah. places that we've, we've uh, focused on. You know Ferdinando's I out there on, uh, on Union Street? Wait, hold on. Vinny is breaking news here. Ferdinando's Focaccheria. It's been there since like 1901. Yeah, it's still there. What? <laughs> it's still there. He says it's still there. Woo. Yeah. That was one of those old Vince Maselli faints. He fainted left, then he went right. That's what happens. But anything can happen. You never know with these places. They've been there for a long time. True. And when we write those go there nows, it doesn't mean that they're going to close. But there's always a chance, folks. There's always a chance because, you know, real estate values go up. The amount of that people can earn in rent goes up. And then people don't need yeah. to work anymore, or at least they don't want to. They can make more money just renting out the place if they own the building. But well, you know. but hold on. But Tuna's, but, but Sonny Belzon, Sonny's place, yeah. run by Tuna now, Tuna, you're like 35 years old. You're not one of those people who's just going to be like, oh, I'm too old to do this, right? Like, you're going to be oh, running Sonny's for 50 years. <laughs> well, you, you flatter me. Uh, you know what? I'm, I, I just turned 51. So no. I'm, no. I no, I won't hear it. It's, this, this may be a radio show, but, Johnny, put up a picture of Tuna. There's no way she's 51. Yeah, show that photo right. there. Wow. But, oh, there's no way you're 51. But I tell you this. There's no aspiration based on me anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, age is nothing but a number. Yeah. You're going to be running Sunnies for 50 more years. I'm going to keep on cooking. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, there's no food I, at Sunnies, though. I, I know how to cook that brew. It's like me and that bar, we're, we're in a good relationship. And well, I'm not breaking up. It's fantastic. Wow. Well, she's a one-bar woman, I guess. Anyway, Tuna, it is great to hear the sound of your voice. Just tell everybody where they can uh, make a donation to save Sunnies. Well, <laughs> you know I have an art auction coming up on uh, May 1st. May 1st at Sunny's Bar on Conover. There at, will be a... At Sunny's Bar, and it's, it's just the most exquisite work that has been donated by the art community that comes to Sunny's that we've been breeding for many years, too. Yeah, it's about time and those artists got off their ass and gave you something. Page, you can go to just the regular website, sunnysredhook.com, 
or the slash page sunnyforever.com. So, you know, just Google it and you'll find us. Yeah, we can't. Well, just first, Google it. First, you should Google my article. <laughs> Google my article in NY Daily News so I get the click. And then you there click you through. Go. But just to repeat that, for people who might not have heard Tuna, this bar has been open for about 100 years, and you go to sunnysredhook.com or sunnys-forever.com, and you, and you donate. You donate. You yeah. give from the heart. Now, just for the record, full disclosure, Johnny, I gave 100 bucks. Nice. Stephen Brown from the New York Daily News gave 50 bucks. Nice. Vince? It's beautiful. Vince, have you given I, anything? Uh, no, I just got back from the trip. Remember, I was away when we did that broadcast. Oh, yeah. That's right. And well, you can always stop by and have a drink, and, you know, I, have a, I made, like, a, a big red piggy bank. Yeah. That's behind a bar, and you can put a dollar in there. Yeah, I like a piggy bank. Piggy I think it's a little... Feed the pig, Gersh. Feed the pig. No, it's a little speciest, because pigs have that well, reputation. Ooh, pig. Well, my manager put, like, a little side next to it that says, bringing home the bacon. Ah, bacon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so works. there you go. Like bringing home the bacon. Well, feed the pig. As you know, I am not a vegetarian. Well, Tuna Belzano, Johansson, thank you so much for coming on, saving Sonny's, fighting the good fight. We yeah. love you. We're going to see you, not this Wednesday, but soon. Hey, you. Love you back. There you go. All right. Best of luck to you. Thank you. We've got to hang up. Thank you, Tuna. Thanks. There she goes. You know what? I think it's time to pay some bills. It because is. Tuna it is. is fighting the good fight. She's fighting the fight for Sunny Bar, which is a fight that everyone in Brooklyn should be fighting. So let's pay a bill. We can't lose this fight, girl. Because if we don't pay these bills, we're going to lose Brooklyn Paper Radio. Am I right? So we let's pay a couple of bills. Then we've got a couple of things to talk about with Colin Mixon and, and myself. <laughs> so, do I have the music? Well, I got nothing here. I thought we had the music. Well, all right. So, here it is. Hey, Vince. Yeah. I've asked you this. I usually ask our guests this, but you do. No one's in studio. Oh, that's Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Hey. When was the last time you saw a dentist who was affordable and high quality? Probably never happened. No, look at your teeth. Exactly. It's definitely never happened. Oh my well, God. you should be going to Dr. Joseph Lichter, DDS, who's in Midwood, 1420 Avenue P. Here's why it's not just the high quality, it's not just the high tech, state of the art technicians and, and, and equipment. No, it's the prices. So low, he's practically giving your teeth a polishing insane. <laughs> anyway, Zoom. Zoom, please. A zoom, take zoom whitening? Take it over. They can do the Zoom whitening at doc, Dr. Uh, Joseph Licker. It's bleaching uh, $395. All right, I'm back. Implants, dental implants, $1,250. Yeah. Invisalign, which is the inside the teeth braces. Those are the braces on the inside. Thirty nine ninety five. That's wow. like two thousand dollars less than anybody else. You can't even see them. Like Veneers seven fifty. So the good thing is he's also the dentist for the New York Riveters hockey team. That's the women's NHL team. You mm -hmm. know they need good teeth. Of course. So call Lichter today. They get a lot of work. So you know he's getting a lot of work. He's doing it, getting it done. Yeah, but they're paying like probably they're subsidizing your prices because they're an NHL team. I'm always looking for an experienced dentist. There's no question about that. Yeah. So call them. 718-339-7878. Your smile is Joseph Lichter's priority. Visit them online. Joseph Lichter, DDS. A.com. You know, Gersh, it's springtime. It is. And what's the first thing I do in the springtime when I get home and my wife says, make some meat? Oh, you just go out to the barbecue with your Atlas Meat Market stuff and you That's go. That's right. You do it. I fire up the grill. But you know what? When you're using Atlas Meats, you don't just have to grill. Whether you're grilling, roasting, baking, slicing. <laughs> you're, cooking it. you're cooking it either way. You cannot go wrong with the meats at Atlas Meat Market in Gravesend. And while you're uh, stopping in today... You'll love browsing their selection of terrific meats. What do they got? You they know, got funny. steak. Sometimes I go to a meat market, and I, I'll get like a flank steak or whatever, but I will actually browse the other steaks and say, ooh, ooh, if I had a little more, if I come into some money, I'm getting that T-bone. That's good. You ever get, like, sometimes I'll just get, like, I call it chopped meat. My yeah, wife, just chopped meat. My yeah. wife, it drives her nuts, so I just call it chopped meat. She says, she's like chopped sirloin or no, something chopped like meat. that. I just say chopped meat because I grew up in New York. You get the chopped meat from Atlas, and mm. you just put it to your nose. When mm. it's just, and mm. it's, oh, it smells mm. so good. And Johnny, you, can you put the smell on the radio? Put the See what I can do. Oh, I did it. Because you can't wait okay. to get it. It's I Atlas Meat. <laughs> it's Atlas <laughs> Meat Market. As you know, they're located at 4311 18th Avenue in Brooklyn. Uh, they are open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. You can call them right now. Operators are standing by. The phone number there, of course, 718-965-6230. Atlas Meat Market. Putting meat on your table. You know, there's no. you don't even have a table if you get old and, and get moved into some nursing home. 
like my kids are gonna do. They're gonna my kids are gonna put me in a oh, nursing man. home before I, like in a week. They'll be like, I'm I was done talking with to Ben you. about it last week. We were talking about nursing homes. So anyway, I don't want to be in a nursing home because I want to make my own meat. Okay, so I'm gonna call Village Care Max. And here's why: they're a Medicaid managed long term plan, which means your Medicaid pays for it, and they're gonna work with your doctor to make sure you can stay at home and in your community eating the meat and dating anybody you want to, not just some small pool of people inside a nursing home, but the whole community. Nice. I mean, really, anybody over 60, you're dating. The mailman. Maybe the mailman. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're going to see the mailman every day. Stop by. But if you're at the nursing home, you probably never see the mailman ever. You get a package from UPS, you're no, not the one signing the for it. out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Village Care Max. You need some more information, obviously, because I haven't really told you the whole story. Just call them. 800 800- Four six nine six two nine two, or visit villagecaremax.org. Here comes the slogan: Village Care Max. Live the life, eat the steak, sleep with the mailman as long as you want to. There you go. Is that it? Now I got one more. Because <laughs> <laughs> Atlas Steakhouse offers you a unique dining experience. First, you choose your steak, and every cut is aged to tender perfection on site. Then you pair it with a vintage from their extensive wine list, or with an Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktail. You know, when I was on the boat, mm. I was on the boat you for a week. pay extra for those cocktails. No, no, no. We were all in, baby. Wow. Okay. We were all in. But I was, I was, I had a, I had a hankering mm. for the Godfather. Oh, yeah. Was it like they a whiskey? Yeah. They don't know how to make it on the boat. They no, that's to unique Atlas to Steakhouse. Atlas Steakhouse. That's it. I wish I was there. Huh. All right. You can enjoy a succulent appetizer as their master chef crafts your choice cut as you desire. When your main course arrives, you will understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, they always offer you a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue, an up-and-coming in Dittmas Park. Visit them online. <laughs> up-and-coming Dittmas Park. It's up-and-coming. You know Dittmas. houses cost like $2 million in Dittmas Park It now? is up-and-coming. Give the number. <laughs> Visit them on the web at atlassteak.com. I gotta say, we we did. it's time for us to go to Atlas Steak again, by the way. We haven't been in there in a while. Oh, okay. And we got all this new equipment. Look at this thing. I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can bring that board to Atlas Steakhouse. Well, we'll have to do a live remote. You maybe. know what I think we got to do? We got to fix the the phone, and we'll talk about that off air. Yeah. But I like to discuss these things on air sometimes. I think the way it's hooked up is wrong. Yeah. There's no question about this. Wires everywhere. First yeah. of all, looks ugly. All right. Why can't we get like Bluetooth? That'd be cool. Don't they have Bluetooth? No, because Bluetooth. For this? Every time my phone gets a text message, suddenly yeah, everybody. We got to get out. But we are going to talk about something we've talked about on the air before, and we're talking, obviously, about my small claims court. Uh-oh. Let's do it. You know what that is. This is uh, the Gersh small claims court update. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to listen to it a little bit longer. I love it. I fade it out. Anyway, that's the People's Court music thing. Ma'am, very much. just answer the question, right. ma'am. So listeners of this show will remember a couple things. First of all, my hit off-off Broadway show, Murder at the Food Co-op, which ran seven, sorry, sorry, six sold-out shows this summer at the Fringe Festival. Couldn't get in. No, six sold-out shows, Vince. I'm saying you couldn't get in. Listeners of this show will also know that I have released my taxes publicly online on YouTube today. Just search Gersh Kunstman Taxes. I've released the taxes. Hmm. In those tax forms, there is a loss for Murder at the Food Co-op. I lost money. Get out. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm that bad a producer. I sold out six shows and still lost $9,000. Is your production company a non-profit, a not-for-profit, or just a no-profit? It is a no-profit. It is. It, we exist to make a profit, but we never have. Now, according to the IRS, Johnny, I don't know if you know the rules, I can lose money on a, on a show and, and deduct that from my business, my side business of theatrical presentations, which is Schedule B and Schedule C. I do the whole thing. I'm you very transparent. But yes. as listeners to this show also know, I was sued by my set designer, Mitchell Ost, sued me in small claims court saying that I did not pay him the agreed-upon amount. Hmm. He was suing me for about $570. Wow. So listeners will remember, I filed a counterclaim suing him for $360 for the work I had to do as a result of his shoddy work. Boom. If we, I was a lawyer in, sh- in small claims court, I would just tell everybody, just work it out. Just no, no. Well, no. Out. So we, w- we went before an arbitrator. We did not see a judge, Johnny. Oh, you went to an arbiter. Well... I originally wanted to go on Hot Bench, which had extended an offer, like the People's Court, which would have paid both of our expenses and give and paid the money for whoever won. So none of us would have been out any kind of out-of-pocket expenses. Plus, there would have been an appearance fee and a trip to L.A. You could have flew to L.A. to solve this problem. But Mitchell Ost did not want to do that, and that's his prerogative, Johnny. So we went into court. Can I get that He's music again? He's a busy again? man. Can I get that music again? We went into court. 
There it is. What you're about to see is real. The litigants are real people. The judge is real. The decisions are binding. In fact, they were. So we did. There was none of that music, but we went in and saw the arbitrator. And that'd be great if you <laughs> went in and played that music but every time. So Mitch Doug Llewellyn sitting outside. Mitch Mitchell presented his case, and he. I will be honest with you. He read it relatively quickly and actually did not make a great case for himself, because his argument was that I had stiffed him of several hundred dollars. What was his case? Like? What, what did he say? He said that that I had made promises that I, I I then later challenged. But nonetheless, he made his case. Then the arbitrator turns to me, and I made my case. Now, I made my case with a lot more detail. I had text messages. I had emails that he had disregarded. I had schematics that I had given him. Mm -hmm. In the end, he, he had made a... At any point, did you say, ladies and gentlemen of the jury? I wanted to do that. That's why I wanted to be on Hot Bench. Uh -huh. Your Honor, I may not know anything about production <laughs> schedules, or, but I know, one th I know one thing. You cannot produce a set like that late and ill-equipped in my theater, without paying him anyway, that's what I would have done. But he didn't want to go on hot bench, and that's fine. So we made our case. Remember I'm just an unfrozen caveman yeah. lawyer. So I'm I don't understand these ideas about time and space and construction. Well, under relentless cross-examination, I did get Mitchell to admit he did, in fact, produce the set late, which is a oh. real problem, and he did disregard our instructions. So those two things played in my favor. So remember, for the record, he was seeking about $560. I was seeking about $360. Guess what the judge did? All right. Wait. Let me just add this up again. You're seeking how much? I'm seeking about $360. Counterclaim, $360. He wants you to pay him how much? About $560. $560. So he can't give you the whole $360. Wait. He can't give you like $800. That's crazy. But he can offer you. He can, Because there's a countersuit, he can give you money. Now, I'm assuming you won. Based on I, I don't think we'd be talking about it if I didn't win. I know. We wouldn't be on the radio. So I'm going to guess he gave you 300 bucks for your trouble. No, 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 no. You mean the judge or Mitchell? The judge no. ordered Mitchell to pay you $300. No. The judge ordered me to pay Mitchell 170 but then ordered Mitchell to pay me 90 Which supposed to be a gavel. Yeah. I got <laughs> that. But that sounds like you lost. No, because I, here I was. I was about to be on the... The judge could have easily ruled that I would have to pay Mitchell the entirety plus court fees when, no, in this fact, is a loss. This that is, is not a loss. loss. I was, I was going to be holding the bag for like $600. How much out of pocket? There was out-of-pocket expense for you? You mean because... You're paying, you're paying him something. I did, in fact, pay him 90 You had to pay him $90 when all is said and done. You lost. It was like, like $80. $80. He was seeking $560, Johnny. You lost. No, I don't think I lost. Loser. No, I was, I was very concerned. Loser. I was very concerned that I was going to have to hit up my supporters for $560, which I don't have, Johnny. I don't have. I'm, I'm just a poor off-off well, Broadway. We could have had a, a, a podcast-a-thon. Well, now we don't need to because I only had to pay him $80, and he should have gone. Listen, bottom line, someone sues you in small claims court, you go on hot bench. First of all, they got a three-judge panel. I don't know if you've seen the bailiff. She's a total professional. Uh -huh. So you go on the show. Anyway, I, I consider it a win. Because it's I was, I win. was. It's not a win because if he didn't sue you, you wouldn't have paid him anything. Yeah, but he did sue me. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> you. So uh, th your situation was: do you pay nothing? Right, because that's what you were trying for. Sure, I could have paid nothing. You You're could right. have paid nothing, and the fact that the judge ordered you to pay ninety dollars, as far as I'm concerned, is a loss. But I don't consider it a and loss, I'm, Jimmy. I don't know. Can we have a retrial here? No, no, no. It's, no. it's completely it's binding. Okay. Now, and, and just you, so you know, let me ask you a question. Did you just walk out like after the thing and then go into like your change purse and just hand him? No, no, no. The judge issued the ruling by mail. But here's the best part: when I wrote the check to Mitchell, guess what I put in the memo line? <laughs> Screw you. No, no. That, that come on. That's so. That's not even artistic. Bite me. No, that's not even artistic at all. I like it. Sucker. No, I wrote in the memo line. You should have gone on hot bench. Nice. Because if uh. he had gone on hot bench, we all would have gotten paid. We all would have gotten paid. All right. And I would have met the bailiff. Anyway, we got to get out. That bailiff's a professional. Can I get the court music one more time? Yeah. Which one now? The court music. And that's this update on the Gersh Kuntzman Murder the Food Co-op Small Claims Court 2017 style. Join us in a couple of years when I put on another show and get sued again. Now, let me ask you. Did you get this done before the tax deadline? Yes, I did. Okay, and I so said, it's on my taxes. It is on your taxes. All right. So we got to get out. It's important you make that payment. I want to bring in a, a, a I want to turn to journalism again because it's been a while. Oh, morning papers. Yeah, give me a little oh, morning paper wow. music.
Nothing's actually in the papers, though. We've got to fix that, too. That's not true. I'll tell you something. We're going to do the Jimmy and the Revolver's Morning Papers music for this reason and this reason only. Why is that, Gersh? Colin Mixon. I love him. He's a great kid. Wonderful boy. Also, Colin Mixon is starring in my tax release video, which is on YouTube right now, if you want to go check that How out. How do just, I see that? Just go to YouTube and search Gersh Kunzman's tax release. But I want to call in Colin Mixon for a reason, so let me just do it. Got him? You can take this number, 4504. Hello? Colin Mixon, Gersh Kunzman here at Brooklyn Paper Radio. Any chance we can get you to come into the studio and talk a little bit about your breaking news story? You got it. Here he comes. I'll tell you that Colin Mixon is a great kid. Anyway, he's on the video talking about the fact that I depreciate my rental unit, which is fantastic, that he knew that. It was great. He, he knew that was I, Well, I let him look at the tax forms. Here he comes. Colin Mixon, everybody. That's very good. One of the great young reporters in this city. And you got people working at DNA and at Gothamist and all these other papers. But guys like Colin Mixon do the work and keep their mouths shut. They're not going. They're not unionizing. They're not putting out press releases. He's just doing the work. Am I right, Colin? Uh, just doing the work, Gersh. Just doing the work. Yeah. Oh, look at this. So let's talk about the story you're on right now. Because it's a, it's a blockbuster. Sure. First, just tell the listeners the basic pa- parameters of the story. Go. So the basic parameters... you got to get close to the microphone yeah, now. You've got to be so close. you got to just get right in there. Okay. Make love to the mic, Colin. Make love. Make love. Um, so there's a developer, Better. Cornell Realty, which wants to build a tower, residential towers near the Brooklyn Botanical Garden that could go up to more than 20 stories high. I believe it's Brooklyn Botanic Garden. And yeah, more than right. 20 stories. So how high could they go? How high? So all told, they could go up to 230 feet, which is mm. you know 10, uh, 10 feet per story, 23 roughly, stories. Roughly. So yeah. 23 stories. Pretty big buildings. Where exactly are they? They're on Franklin Avenue mm. between, what is it? Oh, Franklin Avenue's gotten Mon- so hip. Montgomery and President. Oh, so that's near the Clara Barton High School, if I'm not mistaken? You might be right. Franklin Avenue. Just Johnny, just so you know, if you put up a picture. I drink on Franklin Avenue now, and, and when I moved oh, to yeah. Brooklyn in 1991, uh-huh. I, and that was when the Crown Heights riots were going on. That's when it happened. Yeah, you didn't drink anything but blood on Franklin Avenue. You weren't. Yeah, you weren't. You certainly weren't going over there. No, I went over there. First of all, a lot of my people are over there. Just remember who's who's really running Crown Heights. I don't think those are your. People. <laughs> no, they're not my people. Anyway, so we got to get out of that. Sure. So they want to build these 23-story buildings. Now, right. what is the downside of a 23-story building near a botanic garden? Uh, well, there's two downsides in re- in regards to the garden. One is it ruins the view from the garden. You people prefer sky. I would argue. Towers. I would argue that I like a good skyline, but okay. For All right. Some, well, that's for, for some. some but what's the always. major issue? Uh, the other issue is that they have um, greenhouses there that could be affected from shadows cast by the towers, uh, which uh, could deprive plants of sunlight. So that's a big issue when you're running a botanic garden. That I can understand. To me, that's like Vince is trying to run a newspaper and the boss comes to him and says, look, uh, we can't get any paper. Our paper supplier has gone out of business. So good luck, Vince. Like You're talking about cutting off sunlight. For for a a garden needs plants and plants need sun. I mean, that's what they do. You know? I mean, if you're Vince DiMasselli... They they have this thing called photosynthesis. If you're Vince DiMasselli, you look handsome. If you're plants, you need sun. That's what you do, right? Mm -hmm. That's that saying. Okay. Sure. How much sunlight would be deprived for these plants if those buildings go in? Well, so this is... There's a a controversy. So as part of an environmental impact study... EIS. An EIS, (laughs) uh, as they're called. um, They had to look at... uh, They did a shadow study, um, which showed that it wouldn't have much of an effect... But the shadow study didn't include a bulkhead. And in New York City, bulkheads aren't included in height limits for developer rights. Uh-huh. But they do cast shadows. Of course they do. They're, yeah, they're, they're not uh, invisible. <laughs> they're like four stories. So Listen, our, our phone lines are open. If you want to give us a call about this great Colin Mixon story, you can reach us at 718-260-4502. That's 718-260-4502. But Colin, how'd you find out about this? Um, there, I was at a community board six meeting, and um, there you go. Uh, See, that's what yeah. we're out there. That's why. Right, but hold on, you cut them off. So they, 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 so basically, what's going on? They did this shadow study, and they're looking for. They have to go through a Euler process to get. Well, a well, well hold on. What's a Euler process? You got to let people know. It's a uniform land use review process. Okay, that doesn't explain anything. <laughs> that doesn't explain anything. Um, basically, it's a bureaucratic mechanism for ensuring that. Uh, for determining whether or not you get a zoning variance. Yeah, so basically it's a study. Development. Yeah, it's the it's review a process of it's what a, will happen. It's a review process that involves studies and deliberations. Yeah, okay. So they did the study, but they left out the bulkhead. 
So they left out the bulkhead. And so what's going on is the Brooklyn Botanic Garden is uh, reviewing the study. They brought in an outside consultant to review the study. And also local, a local anti-gentrification group called Movement to Protect the People um, is saying that if they <laughs> are successful that. in getting the variants they need, they'll take them to court and say that their environmental uh, impact statement was uh, bogus. All right, a couple of things that are important here. Sure. During the uniform land use review process, people who run the Brooklyn Botanic Garden can raise objections in, in, in various hearings before the community board, before the city council, before the uh, borough president. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they will necessarily win. In other words, officials from Brooklyn Botanic Garden could say, you're yeah. going to deprive us of light. I and mean, the really, who has well, one of the people who has a really big say in this is Councilwoman um, Lori Cumbo, yeah. who uh, has been criticized in the past for being friendly for... To developers. I mean, she's so. in the council for a reason, Colin. How do you get elected to the council? Yeah, what council person isn't friendly to developers? Find me one. Yeah, well. Well, no, I mean, Vince is raising it. A Listen, I'm, I'm not anti-Lori Cumbo, just for the record, okay? Mm -hmm. But yeah. there is a positive side of development, for example, there'd be more housing in her community, which not only would mean more voters who potentially could support her, but just more people living, more life, more retail, more restaurants, whatever. Is, yeah. there a, is there an affordable housing or a below-market-rate component to these buildings? There is. There yeah, is. So, so now there would be some units. Yeah. So that's something of a positive. Combo could go back to the community and say, look, I know there's going to be some shadows from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock in front of the Botanic Garden, but I've just secured you 200 units of below-market-rate housing. I mean, right. how many units are we talking about? Um, I couldn't tell you the units right now. Well, these are pretty big buildings. There's like three 23-story buildings. I would imagine it would have... Uh, a fairly big impact in terms of new people coming in. Okay. So, Vince, where are you on this? Well, I go... Plants or people? I mean, that's what it is, <laughs> Colin. That's what it is. Plants or people? Why can't we all just get along, is what I'm saying. Why can't the plants and the buildings live together in peace and harmony in Brooklyn? Now, if you said to well, me... because the buildings aren't translucent. All right. right. But, yeah. but, but, Colin, if you said to me that these buildings are going to kill indigenous, endangered... Oh, someone's calling oh, into the no, show. We're, no, we're getting a call. How do we even answer this? It should just pick up automatically. Uh, it's on auto. Hello, you're on Brooklyn Paper Radio. Oh, hi there. It's Ruth here calling from downtown Brooklyn. Oh, ah, Ruth from downtown yeah. Brooklyn. Ruth well, you're on the phone now with uh, with Colin Mixon and Gersh Kotsman and Vince DiMaselli here. Uh, do you have a question for us, or are you interested in what we're talking about? Not at all interested in what you're talking about, uh, as usual. Unbelievable. Thanks. Great. I, I really, really wanted to call in and talk about post offices. Oh, what about post offices? Not sure. I was just told to call in and ask about post offices. Wow, this is really going well. <laughs> Do you have a joke, ma'am? Do you have a joke? Like, did you hear the one about the postal service? You got anything? Nothing? Here's what I can, here's what I can tell you about post offices. Give us something, please. That I recently learned. Everybody knows the Cadman Plaza post office. Mm. Downtown Brooklyn. Sure. The largest post office, the main one. It's open on Saturdays. It's also open after work usually packed. Crucial. What people don't know is that there is a secret post office downtown in the municipal building. The municipal building has a secret post office? Mm -hmm. Not secret anymore. How did you find out about this post office? Uh, I, got a, I got a hot tip from, uh, from a neighborhood resident. Who knew about it? So now I'm guessing if this, is, if this is a secret post office downtown, this particular secret post office is empty. Most of the time. There's maybe a couple of people usually waiting. There's only like one or two people manning the window at any given time. But well, it's, it's not that secret. Post office, which is a uh, hot mess pretty much 24-7, always filled with crazy people, always filled with people arguing, trying to haggle over stamps, uh, which, you know, you can't do. Wait, are the prices uh, of stamps negotiable? Hmm? Are the prices of stamps negotiable? And yet every single time I go into the Cadman Plaza post office, somebody is in there trying to argue down the cost of uh, sending their package. And it eats up a lot of time. <laughs> what if I pay cash? Will it be it, less if I pay cash? It weighs 1.8 pounds, <laughs> but it really is going to travel like 1.4 ounces. You know? <laughs> Ridiculous. You know what you could do? You could just fill a box with the helium balloons. <laughs> Does that make it lighter? Yeah, make it lighter. I wonder if you could do that. And then the helium would leak out while the package was in, in transit. Yeah. But you would have paid less for it. There you go. Hmm. Wow, great caller. Caller, it was great to hear the sound of your voice. Anything else about post offices? That is the only thing I can tell you about. I think, I think we need to do a story on this post office, and we have to let people really know about it. Should. But then, of course, then you'll ruin it for me. 
the secret will be out. Yep. Uh, caller, by the way, did you see by any chance my video today featuring Colin Mixon, uh, in which I release my taxes publicly as a way to shame President Donald Trump into releasing his taxes? I, I just looked it up. I haven't watched it yet because I felt a sudden urge to call you and talk about post offices. It's two minutes. Uh, Guys, I'm, it's two minutes. I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, All right, Johnny, you're going to put that up. All right. We'll bring it up. All right, we're going to let the caller go. Caller, it is a pleasure to hear the sound of your voice. It's Ruth Brown, of course, former editor of the Brooklyn paper, who I was, I, I got to tell you, when, when I said to Vinny, if you lose Ruth Brown, the paper is going to fall apart, I was right, I was <laughs> right, and I was right. <laughs> you want to drop the mic? The paper is going fine without me. I read it last week. <laughs> All right, well, we got to hang up because that's not true. All right, Ruth, thank All you. Right. All right, but I want to get back to Colin Mixon because Let's get this back is important. It. Seriously, Colin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm making it people versus plants. And that's what a great tabloid editor does, Vince. Frames the issue. Now, if you told me the, there were endangered indigenous species of plants that were going to be endangered by those buildings, I'd say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's do a study. Let's really. Yep. But we're talking about a botanic garden, which is beautiful. But ultimately, you know, wouldn't I rather have a couple hundred units of housing um, for I the people? I think that comes down to a matter of preference. I mean, are you a plant guy or a people guy? Well, I, I'd like to be both. You know, in other words, we're Again, not killing, be, but I we're mean, not killing natives. I think, I think the we're not killing polar bears I think here. The, the thing here is that, you know, the zoning was put in place for a reason. That's true. Right? And the zoning was put in place to protect the, uh, the garden. Well, hold on. Is that true? What, what's the current zoning? Well, uh, the current zoning is, uh, it permits up to seven stories. Okay. Yeah, but it was, wasn't that, that special zoning that was put well, so in? So I'm still reporting the story, and I just got off the phone. This is what we do. We, we, this is happening right now, Johnny. We bring him in here. We grill him like a piece of line-caught salmon on a plancha. And then we and send him back out there. He's okay. got to do the job. So I'm, I'm on the phone with Brooklyn Botanic Garden. According to Moving to Protect the People, they claimed that this was in response to um, – the current zoning is in response to greenhouses that were installed in 1989 – and the garden was concerned about um, future development, which might affect uh, the plants there. The Brooklyn Botanic Garden hasn't acknowledged that yet, and I have uh, a spokeswoman over there who's looking into it for me, and it has. Uh, Does the so? Are you saying the Botanic Garden knows or doesn't know about this project, or does I'm it has it taken a stance on it? Their their public spokesperson at this time is not fully aware of the history of this. Is there is there any chance that the Botanic Garden could turn this lemon into a big piece of lemonade, big uh -huh. tall glass of lemonade, by mm. saying to the developer, hey, you're going to block some of our plants. you got to pay for a new greenhouse. you got to pay for a new garden. Well, they haven't gotten the zoning variants yet, so, I mean, usually that's the type of leverage. You go into a smoke-filled, plant-filled room, and you can, get any, you can negotiate anything, right? Yeah. You, put enough, you put enough hydrangeas in a room... Everyone's floating on the sweet smell of hydrangea. Next thing you know, they come out of that room, and we've, we've made a deal. Does and hydrangea have that effect? Or maybe people? you put one of those vomit plants. You know the, the stink plant from... Ginkgo? Not the no. ginkgo. I'm the talking about that, do smell. that one that they always have Darkly. at the New York Botanical Garden. That one that stinks. The one stinks. that eats meat. No, no, no. The one that stinks. They always put it on the... They, put, they stream it. <laughs> I know. It, it blooms, and they stream it as if oh, you can smell they it. Had, they have one at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden. I've been there. And it actually smells like rotting meat. Okay, so you put the, the developer... the idea is it draws, it draws flies oh. to it, and the flies somehow help pollinate it. All right, that's know. fine. You get the developer in the room with that stink plant, and you make any deal you freaking want. Yeah. So make it happen. It's like putting that flashlight on no. his face, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, we got to get out. Anyway, Colin, what's the time frame? You know, how's this going to play out? Well, so the uh, ULERP committee for Community Board 9, which represents the area, is going to actually uh, provide a recommendation on the variance request tomorrow evening. Oh, well, that's big news. Mm. What do you think? Which way are they going to go? Which way? I mean, there's, uh, oh, there's a huge um, petition on this on change.org. Uh, oh. I understand it's getting international attention. So it is. So I've got a I've got a list here Go. of some of the places. So we've got uh, Manchester, uh, England, over there home of there. Manchester United, the uh, football team. Grand Rapids, Missouri, Sun no, City. No, Grand, Grand Rapids, Missouri? Missouri. I think that's Michigan, my friend. M I. Is that right? Yeah, M O is Mich Missouri. M I is Michigan. You might be right. Okay. Uh, Sun City, Arizona. Manitoc. I'm not going to play Sun City. I am not going to play Sun City. No? He doesn't even know what I'm talking no. about. I don't know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, go ahead. My personal favorite, though, is uh, from Brooklyn, Arkansas. Nice. No, all the Brooklyns. Usually when one Brooklyn is against something, all the Brooklyns are against Wait, what did the guy from Brooklyn, Arkansas say? The gentleman from Brooklyn, Arkansas wrote, enough is enough. 
Wait, what, is, what do you mean enough is enough? He doesn't even live here. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is Brooklyn, Arkansas, according to the 2010 census, has a population of 1,600 people. Enough is enough. Mm. There's too many Brooklyn, Arkansas. <laughs> There's a Brooklyn, Connecticut, too. Anybody from Brooklyn, Connecticut? Brooklyn, you know, Iowa? I spent, I spent the I 2008 election in Brooklyn, Iowa. Brooklyn, Iowa. It was cold. It was very cold. I'm anyway, well, that's video. a good... So it's got international support. There's thousands of signatures on this change.org. Thousands. Thousands? Yeah. But the petition is to is to stop the buildings, right? They don't the want the buildings at all. The, yeah, to stop the buildings. Essentially. Yeah, they don't yeah. want. Well, the buildings would have to go in. It would require the zoning change. No. So if they're trying to stop the zoning change, they're trying to stop the buildings. But I'm sorry, Colin. These people don't live. In, most of them don't live in Brooklyn, or a lot of them don't live in Brooklyn. Could you ask yeah. those people how they would feel about an eight-story building there or something within the zoning? They might be against that too. Well, well what's currently on these lots? Is are they empty lots? Um. I'm not, I'm actually not sure what's currently on the lots. Yeah, my guess is they're not empty. They're probably one-story buildings that they're looking to demolish. And then yeah, 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 smash and grab. Yeah. With yeah. The well, these are all these are all good questions to. But but as we said, Johnny, this is a work in progress, and it's great to bring uh, our listeners inside the journalistic process. Because I got to say, I asked some good questions. We did. Vince asked some good questions. Colin had some good answers, but there's some stuff you don't know. But that's you're going right. to find it out. Well, that's how he figures it out. No, but the best part is then the the board the board meeting is tomorrow, and you slap that right down in the Brooklyn paper, and I pick it up. You know what I mean? You're going to get that result in the paper. What time's the meeting? Uh, we're <laughs> not Maybe gonna, not. We're not going to be able to make print. Wait, why, why, why? Uh, the meeting, we go to press tomorrow evening. Uh, the meeting is tomorrow evening. I don't know no, 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 you go to press. I Listen, I've been out with Vince at 1 in the morning. That meeting will be long over by 1 in the morning. We'll just hold the, we'll hold, we'll, we'll stop hold, the presses. We will hold oh, page we 1. Can fit it in? Okay. Hold yeah, definitely. One. And then, and Vince, you, me, and Colin are going to go out to Cafe Luluk on Smith Street. Yep. Great Kitch, cafe. Kitch. Well, it's not that great, but I the like kitchen's it. open late. Mm-hmm. And Colin, if you if you get that story, if you bring it home, we meet at Luluk, and I'm buying around. It's five, to a young reporter. It's five dollar mojito night. Oh, it's very exciting. Yeah, and the oh. kitchen's open till like one o'clock. Oh. So we will be there. I'll if we some. show up, they keep it open. No, but the point is, Colin, this is this is what we do. We we bring the reader in. Colin goes to a meeting. Vince and I are laying out the paper. I'm well, I'm playing hockey. <laughs> then we meet at Cafe Luluk to kind of finalize the front page, and then boom. That's how that is journalism. You know, Johnny, you sit there, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Colin is too. I have been in this business for so freaking long, <laughs> and I get excited about a stupid kid. N- no offense, a kid <laughs> at a community board meeting, community board nine. I get excited about events. You do. I get excited, and you're gonna get the story. You're gonna phone it in from the from the meeting, like I used to do when he's, I was his age. He's gonna be like a runner. No, but. Colin, do you see how excited I get about this? It's just community you're, journalism. You're very excited. We got to get it out there. We got to get no, it. No, but print. seriously, think about it. The, the Washington Post, the New York Times, they do great reporting. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. Washington Post new slogan is dark, uh, "Democracy dies in darkness." Well, you're one of those guys with the flashlight, Colin Mixon. You're, you're one of the guys a shining a light. And so don't sit there and say it's just a community. You didn't. But some some of the I young reporters, some of these cynical reporters, they say, ah, it's just a community board meeting. Who cares? But this is where this is the crucible of democracy, baby. The I crucible. Think, I think that's what uh, Alec McGillis was telling us a couple weeks ago. Polk Award winner Alec McGillis. Polk Award winner. That's right. Yeah. Go back and listen to that show. We got a link to that, Johnny. Sure. Yeah. You put that crucible in the fire. And you're the guy who takes that little, I don't know what that tool's called, and you pour, you pour that that crucible liquid into the mold of democracy. Yeah. Comment? It's like a, it's like a long spoon. That's right, it's a long spoon. A ladle. Yeah. Anyway, we got to get out. Colin, you were doing the Lord's work, and as I said, you get to Lou Luke after that meeting, and the first drink is on me. That's I'll a, that's a $5 drink. <laughs> maybe the first Quite two the drinks. Sacrifice. If they hold the kitchen, maybe the first two drinks. We got to get out. Now okay. we do. Last question. Thanks, guys. Oh, yeah, okay. get out. Get out and send in Lauren Gill for a quick question. Sure. And we'll pay some bills. While pay some yeah. bills. Send her in and we'll pay some bills. Gilly's quickie, coming in. Quickie, give me some music. All right, guys, look, I'm getting older. You're getting older. Colin Mixon's very young. But the point is, when he gets old, he's going to want Village Caramax. Why? Because he's in the crucible of democracy. And that's your own home. Yep. That's your own home. A Medicaid-managed long-term plan means Medicaid pays so Village Caramax can work with your doctors and make sure you stay at home. Now, look, I'm not going to give you all the information. Call Village Caramax, 1-800-469-6292, or just Village... I always do that. Or visit them at villagecaremax.org. Village Caramax, live the life, go to the community board meetings, get the drinks you want to get, drink, and visit. That's true. And with Village Caramax, you can always head out to Atlas Steakhouse. Of course. Atlas Steakhouse offers a selection of premium cuts aged on site for perfect texture and taste. Atlas Steakhouse, 
handicap accessible. Atlas Steakhouse, an extensive <laughs> list. Where'd that come from? <laughs> oh, you, you got a village camera, actually, might be in a wheelchair. Oh, it's true. Atlas Steakhouse, extensive list of vintage wines, expertly mixed, classic, and signature cocktails, signature appetizers, guaranteed to stimulate your palate. Atlas Steakhouse, your choice cut steak crafted into a culinary masterpiece just for you. Delightful desserts. How do we like them? Sweeter than the last. Each one sweeter than the last. Atlas Steakhouse is a completely unique dining experience. I think unique is a word. Yeah, you don't need you don't need a modifier. You don't need a modifier. You can't modify unique. Let's try it again. Take two. Hey, hey, Atlas Steakhouse. A unique dining experience. Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue. Find them online at atlassteak.com. You know, Slideshow Bob. There's Slideshow no, Bob. There's no point to even going to Atlas Steakhouse if you don't have good choppers. Am I right? You need teeth, Gersh. You need a dentist who's going to keep your teeth looking their best. You but could also make the argument that teeth are the most important organ in your body. Well, first of all, not an organ. They're like, I think they're just bone. They're ostensibly bone. I think all your bones are one big organ. <laughs> it's an organ system. But you need teeth, and you're going to go to Joseph Lichter. And not just because he's going to give you implants, dental implants for $12.50, not because he's going to bleach your teeth with the Zoom system for $3.95, not because he's going to straighten them with Invisalign for $39.95. That's really cheap. But because he's going to keep your teeth in your freaking mouth. And how is he going to do that? He works with the New York Riveters. They're the women's hockey team. So you know he's good. Just call him. 718-339-7878. Or visit Joseph Lichter DDS online at josephlichterdds.com. Listen, this uh, springtime, this summer, whether you're grilling, roasting, baking, or slicing, you cannot go wrong with the meats at Atlas Meat Market in Gravesend. While you're stopping in today, you'll love browsing their selection of terrific meats. They've got veal. They've got chicken. They've got steak. They don't have pork. They have shticken. You'll be happy not have pork. You'll be happy to know there are amazing parking options in the area. So you can drive there. But if you don't want to drive there, you can just call them up and they will deliver your fresh quality meats to your door. And they'll also do that thing where they can send meats anywhere in the world. It's really impressive. It's really a great job they're doing over there at Atlas Meat Market, 4311 18th Avenue. Uh, they are open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Hey, here she comes. PM. Here's Gilly. Lauren Gill coming in. And you can give him a call right now, 718-965-6230. Operators are standing by. Atlas Meat Market. Putting meat on your table. Fantastic. It's great that Lauren Gill just walked in. Now, Lauren Gill, we just had Colin Mixon, your colleague. We had your colleague on. Now, I called him one of the best young reporters in the city, but I still think you are the best young reporter in the city. Thank you. I don't, listen, I'm not kissing your ass for a reason. Other than the fine reporting. Now, you've been covering the BQX trolley. Yes, I have. Now, Vince and I have been talking about the... And w- Johnny knows we have put on Sam Schwartz, who's a consultant on the BQX He's trolley. He's being consulted. We've had Steve Levin, the councilman from Williamsburg and Greenpoint, talking about the BQX. We've had Brad Lander talking ab- about the BQX. We've had Borough President Adams talking about the BQX. We've had Lauren Gill talking about the BQX. Now, yep. there has been a development in the BQX story. A secret memo reported by the Daily News. i got to give credit where it's due. I have no problem with that. Failing fake news, Daily News, where I work, had a memo, an internal memo to the Blasio administration in which the administration officials admitted to the mayor, whoa, we may not be able to pull this trolley off because, as you know, the mayor wants the trolley to ostensibly pay for itself because it would supposedly increase the real estate values along the route which runs from Long Island City all the way to Sunset Park. Now... Set aside for a second whether you think that scheme is going to work. I don't think it will, but let's set it aside. The memo talks about how the expense of building the BQX, water mains being moved, transportation mains, everything being moved might make it just too damn expensive. So, Lauren Gill, you've been covering this. Are you familiar with the memo? Yes, I am. You've seen the memo? Yes, I read the article. The me- Well, okay, that's great. But and I looked at the memo. There you go. Okay, fine. So... <laughs> What do you think about the memo? Do you think the memo is, is, is internal, de Blasio people saying to the mayor, look, you, you've bitten off more than you can chew on this one? Let's get out? I think so. They're giving him that option, obviously. Yeah, I think, didn't the mayor say last night that that was from a, a different point in time? He tried to pass it off as that. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but he has a graceful exit strategy if he needs it. 
Yeah. Hey, we looked into it, and we just can't make the numbers work. No harm, no foul, right? Yeah. Now, if he moves forward with this plan, given this memo, that means he must have solved the problem, right? If he moves forward at this point, now that the memo's out there, right? This is, a political, this is now a political chicken egg that's been hand, that someone laid and put it in his hand. Well, isn't in the memo, didn't they also suggest looking for another private investor? Well, you could look for private investors all you want. I mean, Sonny's but Bar I mean is looking for a private investor. <laughs> I mean, that's a big red flag that it's not going to pay for itself. Right, you right. have to get we someone else in there to help out. Just like Citibank wasn't going anywhere until Citibank ponied up some cash. Not a lot, by the way. They got their names on like 20,000 bikes. Yeah. <laughs> How much are they paying? I don't know. That put you on the spot, but not nearly enough given the omnipresent advertising. I mean, people around town, they, they, don't even, they don't even ride these bikes. They say, oh, city bike, city bike, city bike. Everybody like says city bike. Yes. City bike. Do you All think right. it makes them want to go to Citibank? I don't know, but the Citibank... Has there been any studies on that? It's a very good question. The no, thing about advertising... That's not how advertising works, that's really. Advertising more is more about brand identity and, exactly. and it's in your head. Being able to see the brand and, and recognizing the brand, and then when you're walking by the bank, you're like, oh, that's Citibank. It's That's a weird thing. Yeah, now, but isn't the end goal to have them join the bank? Well, because of that, the familiarity breeds uh, usage. Well, I know, but yeah, but that's what I was asking. But about. Lauren's making a really good case in that. Well, who would be the advertiser? Who would be the corporate sponsor of a trolley? That let's face it, you invest in a trolley. Every commuter on well, that I th bus. I think the issue. It, hold on, every commuter on that bus is going to be like, ah, oh, this damn, this damn Chase bus. And now you got a negative <laughs> association, <laughs> right? That could happen. I mean, because you're because I mean, you as good as the trolley a, could be, you don't, don't want to call it Chase. I don't think Chase would go in. Nobody sponsors the MTA. Chase. Nobody Chase. sponsors the subway system. The Chase trolley. It's the Travelers Insurance subway system. It's like I fucking hate that Travelers Insurance. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, they're not going right. to do that. So they're, they're never going to get that investment. But but they are. They should get contributions from the developers. And there's like six developers who have major projects along the proposed I like route. The, I like the Brooklyn paper. Uh, yeah, they already the, hate us. The Brooklyn Let's paper just call it the Daily thing. News trolley. Yeah. I mean, they already hate us. We're going to be out of business by the time the freaking trolley's done. I said it, Johnny. I said it. <laughs> Johnny's looking at me like, how come you talk about the Daily News that way? Because we're going out of business. We're going out of business. That's a serious accusation. Well, we're all going out of business. You guys aren't going to be around much longer either. <laughs> I mean, that's it's comforting. Thank you. <laughs> well, no, Lauren, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You're a great young reporter. Guys, it's guys like Vince and me. Yeah, now with the dinosaurs. Well, I know we started on the trolley, but now we're talking about that that hearse that's driving us to our graves, Vince. <laughs> Am I right? Well, listen. As long as along the way we use uh, Village Care Max, I think everything will be fine. I, who's going to sponsor the hearse that takes Vince and me to the tabloid graveyard? <laughs> who's going to sponsor that hearse? Because everyone's going to love that hearse because it means we're dead. So it's going to be like the the Geico <laughs> the Geico hearse. It's going to be like Mardi Gras. Anyway, we got to get out. All right. So, Lauren, you're studying the story. What what what's your angle? Where are you going with this story? How are you spinning it what's forward? What's happening next? What are we looking into? Yeah, you tell me. You're the reporter. Dun dun dun. dun. <laughs> what did I say to you beforehand? Didn't I ask you some questions? Weren't we in the specific, green room talking about this specific to this project? Did I say how much money have they spent on it already? Um. I think they said it was in the single-digit millions. That was... Well, what, what, wait, wait a second. The single They've digit spent million. like one, two, three, four million dollars so on that's the... Yeah, up to they, have to do the, they have to do the outreach and that, come up yeah, with you so know, the single routes. Digit millions, that, was, that was money. Single-digit millions goes up to $9,999,000. Yeah. $999,000. Yeah. 999. Yeah, yeah. But that route... But that route is not fixed. Is that route fixed at this point? Um, no, I think they said they were going to come out with the route. So what did I pay months. for? What did I pay for? Well, if to people for people to find out routes to complain about. Oh yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. You yeah. got to give people something to complain about. Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's going to be that trolley if they build it. All right, we got to get out. One minute left. Lauren yeah. Gill, you are one of the great reporters of this city. Thank you. And the best report, young reporter I know. Thanks. Okay. Did you See? tell that to Colin? No, I'll talk to him later. Don't no, 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 no. He said we said he was one yeah. of. We got to get out. Okay. Can you play the closing music? Cause I got something to say. <laughs> this was, of course, Brooklyn Paper Radio starring Gersh Kutzman of the New York Daily News and with my handsome co-partner here Thanks, to my Gersh. right. Obviously, I'm very confident in my sexuality to say, Vince DiMaselli, you are a handsome man. I, I am. We will see you next week, and we will talk more from our sponsors, Atlas Steakhouse, Atlas Meat Market, Dr. Joseph Lichter DDS, and, of course, VillageCareMax.org, because you need to live the life you want to live. See you next week. I'm dropping the mic. <laughs>